This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to PTBN's NBA Team Podcast. I'm Ray I'm joined by Adam Murray. Adam, how you doing? And we are off to the races. All our big money buyers are in. So yeah, the 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 um the Eagles are in the nest. Like we we put all the bets in. There's no turning back. The ticket the ticket is punched. The ball is tipped, and there no, we are. No, not re- not really, because you had you had the Clippers who decide to redouble down. So yeah, it, here's the funny thing about that Clippers trade involving Harden. Everyone knew it was coming. They just didn't know when. So when it happened literally three days into the regular season, it almost kickstarted the interest in the NBA from a national perspective. Oh, another super team here. You know, so some people because, you know, we're in that point where it's the sports equinox. It just ended because the World Series just ended. But we were at that point where literally every major sports promotion is playing at, you know, at the same time. And there was that moment where when the James Harden trade went down, people were like, Oh, okay. Now we got another team that's diving in this season to try to win a title. And even though we haven't seen, as we are talking, we haven't seen James Harden play yet for the Clippers. I'm assuming they're going to be really good. I'd like to say yes, but after after seeing Phoenix play without Bradley Beal and Devin Beal has not this... played a minute in the regular season. So watching them with a, a gutted roster, it, they're pretty bad. Once the injuries start piling up on them, it's going to get ugly. I mean, they, the, the way, you know, they gave garbage away. They managed to keep Terrence Mann, whom they really wanted and liked. So, you know, you can say what you want for the Clippers. They, they obviously got better and now are up in the, up in the West, just like everybody else who was up in the West, who doubled down. Philly had a huge addition by subtraction. Because now this frees up Maxi to be the playmaker, which and he was kind of becoming anyway. He was becoming, but you know, Harden. with Harden on the team, you couldn't do anything. Right, and it gives you have you know a new coach. There's a lot of movement on that, a lot of motion going Nick on. Nurse, right, so that is a win. The only problem is with with Russell Westbrook. They didn't get along the first time, so I don't know why this time would be different. You're talking about Harden. Harden. So that I thought they had an okay relationship when that the year they played at Houston. It's just to classic James Harden where when the playoff failures start to stack up, it, it it the relationship flames out. But it's one of those things also where they probably could have they can probably mend fences uh, for the sake of you know the greater good of winning. the The other thing for the Clippers that's super important, and it's the it's the thing that we've been talking about for years and never saw. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing, and they're healthy, and they're not sitting games. And you know, we had mentioned like, well, who's going to stop Phoenix with their with their their big three now? When they all play at the same time, yes. You well, know why the time- Celtics look so great? They're all playing at the same time right now. They're all playing at the same time. They're all healthy. And mm-hmm. if you look at the schedule, they've they've pounded on the the Wizards okay. and the Pacers. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had to come back, you know, in the fourth quarter to beat the Knicks, who are a formidable opponent. 
Uh, we'll get to the Knicks in a second. The, the Bucks defense looks god awful. Their offense has got the potential to be great, which we thought, but it, it's rough around the edges for Milwaukee. Long story short, which we expected. However, mm-hmm. we said it's just going to be a shootout. Same thing with Boston. You're you know you're winning huge. You know, scoring 155 points, but you're still letting crappy teams put 110 on you. The, nug- the Nuggets for the defending champs. They've only lost one game. Uh, the Warriors have found a nice new formula with Chris Paul leading the second unit. They actually look really good. It's still early with them. Okay, Golden State is a very complicated thing because you have Chris Paul who's playing on the second team, which is wonderful. However, when Draymond Green went out, that team was pretty bad because they had no size. So yeah. you can't have Wiggins playing the four and you you just sort of hope – and they're playing they're, the younger guys more because they're playing better now that they're in their third year, like Kaminga, Moses Moody, even Brandon Pashemsky gets to playing time, the rookie. So there's obviously an initiative. Hey, Steve Kerr, I know you're not a fan of rookies and rotations, but we need to play them now. You, we have to yeah, we kind of have to because we're all old now and we can't do this 40-minute thing. The Lakers have been Good. disappointing. I think they look okay. Um, uh, in the games that they've lost, they've looked a little disheveled. So by just, that's what I mean. I expected them to come out hot to try to set the tone of, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm LeBron. I'm 52 years old. I'm going to still be the best there is. Do you buy the minutes restriction story? Which lasted for one game. Right. I don't buy it. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. Max Christie has not looked good. Austin Reeves. I don't know what people are expecting with he has a couple hot months. So you think he's going to be this all star They expect him to be Tyrese Maxey, which he's not. He's just given up average numbers and the team. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they've really gelled yet because I'm like, this is a complete team. They have a bench. They have depth, but they're not really putting it together. Denver came out hot as expected. Oklahoma City, I, I said, would be good. And oh, they're pretty good. Uh, I mean, we don't have to talk. We don't have to dive too deep into the Roy race. <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about the Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama showdown? Because that's what it's becoming right now. No, it just appears to be Wembanyama, who's just you running sure? away with it early. You sure about that? Like, I'm not. I'm not testing you. I'm just asking. Do you think that Chet Holmgren's got a shot? No. Okay. I, I had fig- Chet Holmgren looks fantastic for the Thunder. He looks complimentary with the Thunder. Yeah. Wembanyama just looks dominant. However, we that had game met- against Phoenix where the, you know, had the meme with the picture of him standing next to Durant looking like a half foot taller than him. He looked pretty great in that game. Yeah. However, we had mentioned that once ticky tack injuries start happening, oh, they're going to be cautious and shut him down like Detroit did with Cade Cunningham. So it's he can look spectacular now. Everybody's like, yes, he's better than LeBron. I wouldn't go as better than LeBron because. So you don't think the Spurs are going to finish with a winning record as they have right now at three and two? <laughs> yeah, in the same way Phoenix will be and, below and 500. Portland, and the god-awful Portland Trailblazers are 500 right now. Like, no. <laughs> there's, one team, there's one team that surprised me in how bad they are, and then there's one that didn't. The one that didn't was the Washington Wizards. They're just the worst we had said that we had maybe they're gonna be surprising jordan Poole, he'll get like 30 points no he's not really being highest sh- jones looks lost playing with Poole. uh kuzma looks good but after that yeah like they're they're at a point already where they're playing Bilal kalubale that that's how bad they are right now. well i thought they were gonna get him 
tons of minutes to begin with because why not? You got nothing to lose, so let's just try to get him in. However, Gafford was out, and the team looked just god terrible. We expected that. Chicago, we expected to be really bad. And the one that I didn't expect, even though with their injuries and the suspension, the John Morant shouldn't be that much surprised. This is Memphis. Memphis is at this point 0-6. I think they're the only winless team in the league. They are the only winless team, and it's not surprising. Once the injury to Steven Adams came in, you have no big men. Uh, Salty Adama is also out. So mm-hmm. you're you're forced to sign Bismarck Biombo. And you know what's scary about it? Desmond Bain's playing really well, and they're still losing games. Because there's nobody There's nobody else. There's no Desmond depth. Bain's, the depth's gone. Yeah. Desmond Bain's just going to shoot three. Marcus Smart has He's getting his numbers, but he doesn't seem to be that omnipresent guy he was before. And if you're just relying on Jair Williams and uh, Xavier Tillman and David Roddy to give you meaningful, huge minutes. You're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. You know, we all mentioned Kenny Lofton Jr. out of uh, Louisiana Tech, who is the he's always the summer league all star because he's just. Yeah, but are you a regular season all-star? No. He, he He's just the 15th guy on the bench. When when he starts, when I start seeing him in the game and him's taking five shots, it's just, wow, they really, I didn't know everything ran through Steven Adams. And apparently you lose your center and Jaron Jackson Jr., he can't play, you can't play small ball five the entire game. Not in the West. Not when you have, what we mentioned, Wembayana. Not when you have... That's a good pivot because the West is really deep right now. Exactly. And just small ball, anything doesn't work. Utah, we expect it to be bad because yeah. they don't really they, they have are, They are. It's weird. They are the team I thought they'd be the year before. Like last year, I thought they looked like this, but they got off to a really like hot start and marketing became an all-star. Now the playbook's out on marketing. Like you got to do this to him. You got to do that to him. They they shedded a lot of people in that trade deadline deal involving the Lakers last year. They didn't really patch it up. Taylor Horton Tucker, he's got potential, but if he's a guy you're relying on to make clutch shots, you're you're in trouble. It's just not a good team. Period. And anybody in the in the West you want to talk about? The Rockets look passable. They don't look like the worst team ever because they got Fred VanVleet and Dylan Brooks, who are veterans. The Clippers' net rating is really high which I wonder is if that's going to stay that way and become like the most impressive team in the West on like on the court when Harden comes in, because Harden is a regular season God. He really is. It's the playoffs where Harden struggles. That's why all this involving Harden and the discourse, I table it all until we get to April and May, because I want to see what he looks like when they actually have to play for something. But I I wonder if the Clippers are just going to be a really dominant regular season team this year. Yeah, it's been interesting. A couple of close games at in-season tournament, um, the pool play started, and they have these really weird court designs where they look like they're playing in outer space. (laughs) And and um, nobody really understood what it was. Everybody sort of confused. Because they're on Tuesdays and Fridays, but remember Election Day is a day that no players play, so that's not one of the days coming up. So everyone's confused about, wait, when is the pool play? When is it not the pool play? Long story short, they're gonna have a tur- they're gonna have an elimination knockout round in December, and then they have a four team tournament in Las Vegas in early December. That's that's basically what it is. And they play for a cup. I like the idea. Oh, we've never had the NBA player teams play for a cup. But then what's the Larry O'Brien Trophy? You know, 
it's something and people are talking about it, although they're confused. So it's like it's a regular season game, but it counts for this. And it, it's it gave conf- an international spark because of the soccer stuff. Yeah, that's all. It's about. one of those things that you can say it's a good concept and give you know, credit to the NBA. They're always trying things to push, not push the envelope, but keep themselves relevant as opposed to just the same old thing every year. It wasn't explained, and it's still we're we're one game into it, and it's still confusing, and it's just mm-hmm. it's. I want to say it's. I don't want to say it's Nikeified, but it's sort of like that where it's just well, we're gonna put new courts out, we're gonna put new jerseys out, and it's just like I don't understand what what is this for. It's all, I think it's just a reason to have something that seems meaningful in early December, where a lot of people really tune out to the NBA because the NFL's kicking off and a lot of other things are going on in, in the world. <laughs> Christmas is one where people just don't pay attention to the NBA and it gives meaning to it. I, I don't want to say that those first couple of games I saw seemed like they were playing harder. I just think what it is and we, you know, we can kind of like move over to this. It's just that when you have these teams that are, pretty close together in terms of depth in terms of goals and and being able to like assemble talent it's not as easy to just take games off at a time we saw you already mentioned that with the suns how you cannot get away with that that you just have to play hard every either every other game or every game right now especially in the western conference so moving on to the east the east is fairly terrible yeah, I'll say this wise. for the Sixers. I'll say this for the Sixers. I think that getting Covington, Batum, KG Martin, Marcus Morris Sr., I think they can make something work with that once they actually implement them into the lineup. That's a lot of playoff veteranship. Well, they also depleted their bench for Harden, and they they got stuff. They got they got rid of the, in your opinion, the worst contract in the NBA history, PG Tucker's mid-level exception. <laughs> the they got rid of him, but... They, He's only playing for the Clippers, by the way. I mean, Kelly Oubre Jr. is sort of the, you know, an MIP candidate right now. What a coup. Who, yeah, what a coup right there. They didn't they sign him in September? Yeah, he was the he was the one without a without a seat and just smart move by, I guess. I don't know who steered him into that direction. Maxi has uh, got like MIP sealed up. Like you can just like put it in, you could just tape it up in a FedEx box and ship it to his house. Yeah, they're they're just one one deal away. Like they need. Do you think that was the deal? The, the deal is to be one deal away. No. Do you think the Harden deal was the deal, or do you think they got to do one more? They got to do one more because they need like a buddy healed. They need a shooter who just sits in the corner because DeAnthony Melton just isn't the guy. He's struggling right now. He he's just there. Hall who... Reed is actually playing well as a backup big. Like giving a little bit of time for Embiid to take take breathers, and, and Mo Bamba just <laughs> Orlando. Uh, you had mentioned they're that surprising. You like them. They're surprising. I'll I'll take my hot. I'll do my hot take. I think the Orlando Magic will get home court in the first round in the NBA playoffs. I think they'll be a four seed. They're gonna shock the world. I will just bet all on the under on that one. <laughs> Paula Bancaro and Franz Wagner are both taking a leap at the same time. And a lot of those people that they had um, thought could get them into the rebuild when they had like Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and Cole Anthony and Gary Harris, who they 
in the deal involving oh I'm drawing a blank for a second here um the Aaron Gordon deal those were guys that they got as the beginning of that rebuild in 2021 they are now the depth behind those two stars that they drafted in 21 and 22 Paolo and Franz and they're playing great and they're all just playing well at the same time they're playing good defense Bancaro is a stud and they're going to I just think they're going to be good I don't think this is a flash in the pan the magic are hot and then they'll cool down situation this time well I think with the magic the surprise is uh, Cole Anthony he got a surprise extension and he's been that small one yeah we can talk about extensions in a second but that well, was a small he, yes we're just gonna, but he got an extension which I think was shocking to a lot mm-hmm. of people Okay. And he is sort of paying dividends, which is, again leads to the question, why did you draft two guards in the lottery if you're not going to play them? Uh, New York, struggling off the top, Julius Randle. Which, which New York? <laughs> the Nets are kind of struggling, too, because they can't play defense. Ben Simmons is starting to finally find his groove again. Which I had said that he should be back. The problem is Nick Claxton has only played one game, so you can't play defense. Also, Cam if- Johnson's been hurt, so they've had to plug in Cam Thomas, who is an absolute lightning rod of offense, but that's it. So that's the thing is, yeah, Cam Thomas has been huge. He's not going to keep that up. No. Um, having no Nick Claxton, you don't have a center on that team. You have to move Dorian Finney-Smith over. Ron Sharp has to play way too much. That's I don't see that as a huge problem for them once – People get back, and the fact that they're they didn't sort of come out of the gate stumbling like yes. New York. Who did you see that end with with Julius Randle and um, Brunson? Yeah, so there was a there was a game uh, between the Bucks and the Knicks, and Brunson took a bad shot down the stretch when they were down one, and Randle basically fumed on the court during a key defensive possession, didn't even try. And Lillard cuts in and gets an and one and and Randall's just standing there. Some people just see that as body language. And, oh man, Randall's checked out. We need to trade Randall. I think he just had a bad moment. It's not that he checked out. He had a bad moment. It's Knicks fans going, he will not lead us to the, he will not put us over the top. Well, that's what Jalen Brunson is there for. That's why he signed him. He's a leader. He's also awesome. You scored 45 points in that fucking game. You need front court something. Yeah. Mitchell's not going to give that to you because he can only give 23. Isaiah Hartenstein's just a backup. So if Julius Randle's not playing, who is there? You know, Obi Toppin was the energy sort of four who gives you 20 minutes. He's with the gimmick team on offense in the East, which is the Indiana Pacers. And then the gimmick team on defense in the West is the Minnesota Timberwolves. It feels like they're doubling down on, hey, let's just be an old school defensive team, you know? And then the Pacers are like, hey, let's just zoom in and score a bunch of points. Yep. So it's fans going, is he, is he a piece or, or not? And I think a lot of people are kind of like, no, not really. Um, moving on to you were, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the bucks who beat the Knicks in that game because of this. I felt like they won before they even played a game because they got Giannis to sign that two plus one extension, which a lot of people were hemming and hawing in, in Milwaukee that he might avoid and depart in free agency. It sounds to me like getting Lillard in the trade was what did it. So three years, 186 million, two of them guaranteed. The, the player option is now moved over to 2027. So then all the the Knicks, the Knicks beat reporters are going, uh, Knicks are... You know, where, is he going to leave in 2027 now? Yeah, because of the deadline. The deadline uh, came through for the extensions and RFAs. The one that was a real omission where I was like, if the Harden trade had happened even a week earlier than it did, he would have gotten his extension as Tyrese Max. 
he would have gotten that extension, but it didn't happen. He'll probably be a day one free agency guy where he immediately gets inked up to a rookie max by Philly. Is that what you expect? Of course. Uh, Devin Vassell, he's playing well, you know, but five years, 135 million. What did you think of that? Strange. Jaden McDaniels was strange. Five years, 131 million. You wonder what that means in the tax when it comes to luxury tax pay for for the Wolves in the future and what they want in the future. I I see that as Towns might be getting a man out because Jaden McDaniels he's a top tier defender. Yeah, and defense having a wing, you know, a a three slash four defender is huge. So. It, you have to pay to keep somebody because if you look like his advanced metrics, like he is like locking people down. Yeah. I mean, look at the uh, kind of similar named Jared Vanderbilt. He gets the four year, $48 million deal from the Lakers. He doesn't play because he's got an injury. Guess what? The Laker defense looks kind of shitty. The Minnesota was going to have a very expensive team. And we said, let's have him give him a year. This is, they've always been injured. Finally, everyone's healthy. They all sort of are on the same page going, this is Anthony Edwards' team now. It's not Towns' team. And for the most part, they seem okay with it. Edwards looks fantastic. He's shooting the ball really well, too. That's the other thing about Edwards. So let's just see how this year goes with them. And that's all I have to say about Minnesota. (laughs) Anika Kwangu is in the fold. Atlanta, we didn't talk about much, but they look really good, too. DeJounte looks really, really um, um, Atlanta looks very Jekyll and Hyde still. Their offense is great. One one day they'll have to look really good. The next day they'll look very bad. They don't look consistent. A Kwangu extension, which four years kind of mil. was merited from necessity of we, we're going to have a very expensive team, so let's lock up the guys we know, which is what they tried to do a couple of years ago by giving everyone on the team. However, you trade for Sadiq Bay, you give him like four or five second round picks and it looks like he might be the odd man out because of the money. That, that's the money. what I was going to say. When you gave that money to DeJounte and Anyeka Kongru and DeAndre Hunter over the over the years, now you got no room unless you're really going to the tax and you think you got a finals caliber team with Sadiq Bey to try to overpay to keep him, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Zach Collins, two years, $39 million to stay with the Spurs. They're starting over like we already talked about. Another one that's starting over is Washington. Denny Avdia gets $55 mil over four years. Aaron Neesmith, kind of a small deal to go with Indiana and be a three-point shooter, basically. To, to replace Buddy Heald, who Pretty I much. can't see them bringing him back, and I you have to sort of flip him. And, and I see I see Josh Green's name here because he got three years, $41 million. He plays with Dallas. Luka Doncic leads the league in scoring. Uh, Kyrie Irving played one game. He sat, sat a couple more. Then he played a game where they lost to Denver on national television. Dallas looks really good. Their offense looks great. Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. He had this crazy game winner where he basically did a hook shot from the corner of the three-point line and then went in. Luka Doncic is amazing. That's all. As expected. So (laughs) the other extensions that didn't happen, Pascal Siakam, Clay Thompson, Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, You mentioned Bay, Nick Claxton. Any of those surprised you? Claxton is going to get paid next year, so it would have made sense to give him the money now. Siakam, there's the, you know, the still reports of he doesn't want to leave. He refuses to sign elsewhere, but Toronto doesn't have direction. I think they're going to let the first few months play out and then see what they want to do. Toronto's in a weird free agency position. Cause you because, can't, yeah. you can't sign him to a big deal. 
because then you're sort of pot committed again with this roster as is, and we don't even know if they're good or not. Signs are sort of trending towards no. Moves need to be made. Yeah, and OG Ananobi's got the player option coming up that he'll opt out of because he's undervalued, and he he has talked about being unhappy. Scotty Barnes is taking the leap. He looks great. He'll probably get a rookie max next uh, next offseason. They have potential to be good, but I was watching them play the Philadelphia 76ers again early one game, but they kind of looked a little off. They looked a little like they look like, oh, their their defense is great. They look they overmatched. Have, they can switch a lot, but offensively, they just don't really have any gas in the tank. But we'll, we'll see. Overall, the, the league's been interesting. A uh, lot some fun games, uh, some crazy, a few crazy performances involving people like Webin Yama, Jokic a couple times, no shock, Tyrese Halliburton in a losing effort against the Hornets where he went for 43 points and 12 assists. Like there have been some pretty um, fun games. I worry about the Cavs. I worry a little bit about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't because shaky. Garland has been out. So without mm-hmm. Garland, the team looked lost. Yeah. Garland, as you see, is the floor general and not having him on there is a complete. It's almost like a guaranteed L with him. Yeah. My pals look OK. Um, they have some games where they don't look great. Uh, and then obviously over there in Boston with you guys that they're already getting the parade ready. I'm, I mean, the season's pretty much over, you know. <laughs> so here's before we move on to our final topic. Is there one player or a team you've been pleasantly surprised by and or and then one player or a team you've been disappointed by? The one I kind of gave away already was in terms of pleasantly surprises Orlando. Orlando's that's what I, yeah, I want that. So the second half is there's who's disappointing to you. Um, Memphis. Memphis looks bad. OK. You know, they they just I just thought they could bridge it. I thought I thought having Smart and Rose was going to be able to patch up the, the guard situation. And it's just not. it's like I don't want to pick on Marcus Smart. I thought he was better than that. I thought he was going to be able to lift them with leadership. And it's just it's not the case. I mean, do you have two? like in terms of pleasantly surprised and disappointed? I, I have been pleasantly surprised by Orlando like you, a Bankero has stepped up it seems like he is deferring a little bit more now he's, he's his good, court i think he i think he passes too much <laughs> that's what i think well the, the first year he just was it was just like be a black hole just take everything do it now he's incorporating others so i was pleasantly surprised because like i said we mentioned about cole anthony you you don't draft two guards expecting you know, the to be happy with what you have. And they seem to have found some sort of rhythm. And health. And health. Um, on the disappointed side, uh, maybe concerned or confused, Jaden Ivey for the yeah. Pistons has just already so just like I, disappeared. So the Pels wa- played the Pistons in a game and I watched it. Monty Williams is getting them to play hard, but I is coming off the bench. He Monty has got like the yank on him for any turnover. Anytime he starts to spill out those turnovers and he's just more than willing to plug in Alec Burks because he's shooting Sasser. And Marcus Sasser. Marcus um, Sasser has been getting, getting more great, minutes. But I'm not shocked. Jalen Duran is one of the league leaders of rebounding because he's just a fucking, he looks like Hercules. They, they, I'll just say this about the Pistons. They're not the worst team ever. They're they're competitive. They were like 
Brooklyn was when they lost all their picks. So we're just going to get people. We know you're going to be bad. Just play really hard well, for I three think quarters. Make the playoffs. Right, right. We, we, we know you're going to fall apart. We know you don't have talent, but play hard and do things. And, and Cade Cunningham looks like he's, he's going to be good. It's clear that that stress fracture reaction was bullshit. <laughs> they just they sat him to try to get Webb and Yam, and it didn't work. Um, do you? However, they are slowly reaching the point of you've been bad for too long to be this bad. Are we at the oversaturation phase of Victor Wembanyama, where he clearly is a ratings draw? So the Spurs are on national TV all the time, but some some of their games they're they're trash. But then they had that game where. Wembenyama looks fantastic against the Suns, and they had that crazy game winner where they stole, where Kelton Johnson stole the ball from Durant. He laid it in. Like, we're not, are we at the oversaturation phase yet with Wembenyama, where people are talking about him too much on a team that's not going to do anything? No, because he's still a who's that huge person? I've never seen somebody like that. He is really, really large. Yes. Once we get to <laughs> February and we get the ABC games, they'll be quietly. Ushered, ushered to the the relegated pod. The league, the league pass. <laughs> league pass. But um, so, yeah, the east, the east is top heavy. The west is super deep. Breaking news: We said that on the previews, and it's shown to be true. <laughs> so as we part here, just any quick little blurbs or thoughts on, on, on the passing of Bobby Knight? Oh man. Um, first of all, I don't think he would have worked in the NBA. I'll tell you that. Um, I know that he had that one team USA team, but um, remember they also had like Patrick Ewing and like Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's probably why they did so well in the summer games and Russia didn't play either college uh, way ahead of his time, basically created the motion offense after John Wooden retired. Uh, still the last coach to have a perfect record um, and win a national championship polarizing figure for sure. He, he is a person of a, you mentioned just like a different era. Like he yeah. would not be allowed anywhere near. He would have been a good coach in the NBA in the eighties when he was winning titles in college. He was just a different breed of coach. He was straight out of the like Hank Iva book of. of it's like he was ahead of his time, but then he also fell behind the times as things started to change and. Mm -hmm. um, and his and you know because he he got fired from Indiana for the choking incident, and then he went to Texas Tech. His Texas Tech teams were competitive. He had good teams. They just weren't. They weren't national championship teams like Indiana had, you know. They also had Isaiah Thomas. And they were where you would expect a Texas Tech team back then to finish. Or like, oh, they'd overachieve, but they'd still finish fifth in the Big But for 12. college coaching Mount Rushmore, absolutely. Absolutely. Him, Krzyzewski, wouldn't. You take your pick on the fourth one. But, uh, you know, there's only one small note I want to say is that we always like talking about sliding, like closing windows. We, it's something we love to talk about on this show because it's true. A lot of teams like their window of opportunity is not as, is, is not as, as large as like the fan base would like for it to think, Oh man, we're going to win titles every year. No, you're not. You got one or two years. I think because of the second apron kicking in and the restrictions kicking in, in the next off season, that the hardened trade is a sign that a lot of these teams know we are not going to be able to pull off these lopsided deals anymore. And this is what we're going to have to do. And I wonder if there's just more urgency to try to win this season than other years. Do you feel that way? I don't, I disagree because. I'm just talking about this one season, meaning like, hey guys, no DNP at rest this time. We need to play this, this month. No, I see it as this is, there's always a changing of the guard of the NBA. 
and all the players you knew have gotten really old. So the the people you grew up in the past decade, the LeBrons, the Stephs, the the Hardens, even like Lillard and Butler, they're 32 plus. So you're going to move on from them sooner than later. Like we always keep mentioning about Golden State, like they can't keep Clay on that roster because you can't have all these guys who are going to be there for four years and have all these 38 year olds on the team because it's going to kill you. It was disorienting to have a game where Kevin Durant's on the court when they played, when you played Webb and Yam and you're like, Oh my God, he is not even the best, the big, most athletic freakishly guy on this freaking court. (laughs) You know, it was just weird. It was a weird time keeps marching on. Correct. And so with that, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.